Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. I want to light your fire a little bit tonight. Brother Christopher is coming on Sunday. And uh, if there's anything that we connect with Brother Christopher, it's definitely got to be miracles now, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. I mean, Pastor and Pastor Greg have been over there to overseas with him, and they've seen firsthand the kind of things that happen over there. And there is no reason why it can't happen here. Absolutely none. Hallelujah. But we're going we're gonna to look at this in verse uh, 23. Jesus said, this is the story of the man who came to Jesus and to the disciples about uh, his son who had a, had a demon spirit and, and, the, demon, and the, the disciples tried to cast him out and, and they brought him to Jesus. The man said in, in verse 22, said, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Is there anybody in here believing God for anything? Is there anybody in here who's who's got something that seems like it might be a little too hard? Mm Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you what, there is nothing too hard for God. The Bible clearly tells us there's nothing impossible to, for, for God. But that's one thing. Then the other part of that equation is there's nothing impossible to you who believe. Amen. Let's face it. The woman with the issue of blood. For 12 years, the woman had suffered many things of many physicians and had lost all she had. It looked pretty impossible, didn't it? To her, it looked pretty impossible. But she heard about somebody. His name was Jesus, and she left where she was, even though she wasn't supposed to be out of the house. She came, and she got into a crowd, and she said, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, I don't have to stop and talk to him. I don't have to stop and give him all the details of my problems. All I got to do is just touch him. That's all I got to do. And when she did, Jesus went, who who, who touched me? Who touched me? They're going, what do you mean who touched you? Everybody's not touching you. He said, no, virtue went out of me. Somebody with some faith touched me. Somebody with some faith touched me tonight. And so she got her healing. And when she came and she told her story, the crowd listened and marveled. I marvel at why some of them didn't have any more faith after that. He's still standing there. He hadn't gone anywhere. The same faith that got her healing could have gotten theirs if they had just said, if I can just touch him. If I can just, there's a whole crowd of people around him that I'm sure had needs. I'm sure they had needs. But they didn't touch him like she touched him. But whose fault was that? If you can believe, all things are possible to you who believe. But I'm telling you what, there was a man standing right there, right beside her in an impossible situation. He had been already told, your daughter's dead. Don't matter in the master anymore. And yet he saw what happened there. Didn't say a word. Jesus looked at him and said, it's okay. Don't worry. It's okay. And they went on to his house. A very impossible situation. Got turned around. His little girl was raised from the dead. Hallelujah. Was that something that looked too hard? Yeah, I think it was. People say, oh, I'm sure. No, it's too late now. You know, sometimes we think that something's dead and then it's gone. It's over. It's, it's dead. That's it. No, there's no more. You know, it's past. It's over. Forget it. Don't bother Jesus anymore. I'm telling you what, Jairus did not think that way. 
Nope, nope, let's just go. Let's go to the house. Let's go to the house. And Jesus was right there going, ah, just, just listen. Wasn't it wonderful that there was an example set right in front of him of something impossible that he could take to the house with him? Hallelujah. He not only took the faith that that woman had, the example that she had, he took the one who was the author of the miracle he needed with him to the house. How about the woman who has been over for 18 years? 18 years she'd been bent over and couldn't, couldn't get up. I mean, let's, you know, the floor is not all that great to look at. And that's all she'd been able to see for years. And yet Jesus raised her up, straightened her back, said, this woman being a daughter of Abraham deserves to be loosed from this infirmity. Let me tell you, whatever is going on in your life, you deserve to be loosed from it. Hallelujah. Glory. How about Lazarus? He's been dead three days. He stinks. And Jesus just calmly went to the tomb, said, roll back the stone. Lazarus, come forth. And out he came. Ah, is there anything too hard for God? No. Was it just possible because it, was, it happened when Jesus walked the earth? No. Listen, it's still possible today. The same Jesus that left here sent a replacement to live on the inside of you and me. The worker of miracles lives on the inside of you and me. I don't have to go where Jesus is physically anymore because the greater one lives on the inside of me. Hallelujah. You know what? You just got to have faith. That's all there is to it. And let me tell you, You've got to have faith for specific areas. You know, you can have a lot of faith in one area and not much in another. I remember Wally Redwine years ago said he had a low tolerance for poverty and lack. And he could believe God for, for money and healing. No I, no, I take that back. It wasn't him. It was somebody else who said he had a low tolerance for, for poverty. And they, they were wonderful at believing God for finances. It was Brother Wally who said, I have a low tolerance for sickness and disease. That's why we called him Wally Newhart around here. Because he had a new heart. God raised, basically raised that man from a place of near death. He should have been dead in just hours. And God raised him up and he lived several more years. So your faith can be built up in one area like healing. And maybe not so great in another area like finances. Or the reverse. You know, it could be anything. But you've got to put your faith on every one of these areas. You've got to build yourself up in any one of these areas that you're needing, needing God to move in. Hallelujah. If you can see it with your eye of faith, you can have it. That's the whole thing. If you can see yourself with it, you can have it. Mark eleven twenty three. 23, what does it say? Go over there. You're right just a couple of pages over. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you shall believe in your heart, believe in your heart, believe in your heart, believe in your heart. Hallelujah. If you believe, you can have those things that you say. Hallelujah. Glory to God. All things are possible. Just because things don't, don't look like they can happen from a natural standpoint doesn't mean they can't happen because God's not interested in the natural things. God's a supernatural God who's never been interested in what the natural man says. Oh, oh, oh. listen. All things are possible even when they don't seem to line up. 
with everything, every circumstance is telling you something opposite. Listen, the devil is a liar. John 8, says there's no truth in him. He's a liar. And if he says you can't have it, if he says you can't do it, you got to know just because he said you can't that you can. Because he doesn't know how to do anything but lie. Amen. God's not limited by you. He's only limited by your faith. He's not limited by your circumstances. He's not limited by your upbringing. He's not limited by your education. He's not limited by your gender. He's only limited by your faith. Every last one of us are on the same level as far as God's concerned. There's no big eyes, no little U's. What he's interested in is your faith. And every single one of us have been given the same measure of faith. And it's up to us to, to take that faith and to build on it. Exceedingly growing faith. Isn't that what the word says? You can have it. You can have strong faith. You can have big faith. You can have the same kind of faith that got that woman with the issue of blood healed. If I can just touch him, if I can just touch him, if I can just touch him. Listen, if I can just get myself to a place where I believe that his word is true, I can have exactly what I say. I can have exactly what he says I can have. Hallelujah. Listen, the children of Israel got themselves into a place, so you can look over, over Psalm 78, they got themselves into a place where they were whining and complaining. About the fact that we're out here in the desert, in the wilderness, we're out here. Can God take care of us? Can God feed us? My word, they had seen him bring them out of Egypt, loaded up with silver and gold. He had seen them bring forth, what, approximately six million people out and not one feeble among them. He had, they had seen the pillar of fire. They had seen the pillar of cloud. They had seen him split the Red Sea. They had seen him drown the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. They had seen him bring water out of a rock. And now they're whining because they don't have any meat to eat. Are you kidding me? Where along the line did you forget who God was? Where along the line did you forget how big he is? Where along the line did you say he's not capable anymore? He did all those things, but he's run out. He's run out of power. He can't even feed us now. Listen, it made God mad. I'm telling you what, if there's anything that can make God mad with you, is that you don't dare to believe what he said. If he said it, he's good for it. If he said it, he'll do it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Listen, I remember, I remember a time when we were getting ready to, to get this building project going. And we were starting with plans and different things. And, 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 and he's talking to me about, I mean, we'd been all those years without, without a dollar in either rent or mortgage payments. We'd not, we'd not had a dime to have to pay out. We'd been debt-free for years around here. And so he starts talking about building. Well, we'd paid the land off. That's good. Then he starts talking about building. And we talk, we're, we're talking like, you know, six, dollars $700,000. And I'm going, wow, that's a lot of money. I mean, you know, we bought the old church. We paid $90,000 for it. That was, you know, look at all that we had. And he's talking six, dollars $700,000, maybe eight. And I'm going, my goodness. And we were in a meeting with a man who was a prophet of God. And, and you know, when, when you're in a meeting with a prophet, you, just, you can't just uh, lightly listen to them. You know what I'm saying? 
You can't just lightly listen because sometimes what they say in passing has a big effect. And this man came by, and I think Pastor was sitting on the end, and he slapped him on the shoulder. He goes, so what if it costs over a million dollars to build a building? And I went, what? Who said anything about a million dollars? And as it turned out, it was over two when we got through. But I'm telling you what, the problem with my thinking was it was small. And the problem with your thinking is sometimes it's small. And we've got no, no plans to reach out for anything more. But listen, God's saying, if you dare to believe me, if you'll just dare to believe me, I'll show you. I'll just show you. What's that old saying? Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Nothing ventured, nothing. If you're not willing to venture some things, you're never going to gain anything. You'll just be content to settle for your small life. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. I'm preaching better than your amen. Listen, we just all want our little comfort zone, our little comfort age. I'm talking to me at the same time. Do you hear me? Last year, pastor talked to me about one day, about a certain thing that we needed to sow toward our next house. And I gulped and I went, are you sure? Can we, can we like think over, about it overnight? You know, kind of give me a, a time to adjust to that figure? And he goes, okay. So the next day I went, okay. Of course, as soon as I said that, I, in my heart I knew, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just that, you know, I've done that before. You know, like when, when he asked me one time, do you think when we were traveling back and forth from Jacksonville to this Bible study over here, and, he, and they wanted us to move over here, and he said, so do you think we ought to move over there? And I said, oh, no, 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 no. And as soon as I said, I went, you're moving. Just go get the boxes. Go get the boxes, load them back. I had just unpacked those boxes two months before. Now I've got to load them back up again. Let me tell you, God is a big God. He wants you to believe him for big things. He wants you to get out of your little comfort zone. He wants you to, to start stepping into a different kind of a realm where there's bigger things than you ever thought possible. He wants to show you that what you think is impossible is very possible with him. Hallelujah. James 4.2 says, you have not because you ask not. You just don't look around and say, well, I, you know, those people are blessed. Why am I not blessed? Well, have you asked, number one? Have you believed, number two? Have you stood in faith, number three? What have, you, what have you said during all that standing time? One day you're, oh, I believe God. And the next day, I don't know why it hasn't happened yet. I, I really, I, I, you know, we've been standing for this for two months already, and I haven't seen it. Well, you just, you just nullified everything you said you've been believing God for. What have you been doing? Listen, God told the children of Israel to make him a place to inhabit a tent. Well, that seems easy enough. Now, doesn't it? A tent. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll put a tent together. And so they had specific instructions. And, you know, this tent didn't look like anything. So, you know, if anybody came along, you wouldn't think there's anything special about that tent. But as soon as you went inside, as soon as you went inside, everything in there was gold. Everything was gold. Today, I think I heard somebody say that in today's currency, and this is several years old, so I'm sure it's much more, 
that the inside of that tent was worth about 20 million. 20 million inside a tent. Inside a tent. You think that's a big thing? No. To God, it was just temporary. Yeah, it's just a temporary place. No problem. I remember, I remember, I don't know how you all may remember Joel Bratkovich, and he's a construction manager, and he moved to Jacksonville to manage a, a house for some multi-millionaire type people and supposedly it was only going to cost about three or four million and as things went along I mean it's creeping upwards now of seven million dollars and so he went to them and said I'm concerned you know the budget I mean we've gone so far over it you know and you've ordered all these things I mean I'm trying to you know, I'm trying to keep the, the cost you know we're trying to manage this this construction project you know but it's, it's, it's like seven million dollars and they looked at him and went Joel it's just a vacation house Now, if somebody who's not born again can look at something like that and say, it's just a vacation house, what do you think God wants for you? He didn't say, in my father's house are many condos, unless your name is Stephen Kendra. He didn't say there's many efficiency apartments. He said, in my father's house are many mansions. Many mansions. Where is your thinking? He doesn't want you to live in a hovel down here because you're not going to live in one there. If you get there and you suddenly go, oh, what am I going to do with myself in this big old place? It's because you didn't get used to it down here. Hallelujah. So did you go overboard with the chandelier? No, I don't think so because God wants me to have something nice. Listen, when he got around to building a permanent place with, under the reign of King Solomon... Let me tell you what, that place was decked out. Now, we've got a tent that's got about $20 million inside. Now, we've got a temple that's worth, this was like several years ago, worth between $15 and $20 billion. And you think God doesn't know how to bless his kids? Where do you think all that gold came from? They brought it in. They brought it in. They brought it in for the building of the temple. Listen, Jews are just not the only people he wants to bless. But the thing about Jews is they know they're blessed. They expect to be blessed everywhere they go, in everything they do, in every deal they make. They expect to come out on top. Do you? Do you? Our thinking, yeah, our thinking is just so small sometimes. You know, we can't get past the $50 we need next week, you know, to pay the light bill. Listen, God wants you to move it on beyond that. He wants you to move way on beyond that. He's got things to do. He's got places he wants to take you. He wants, he wants gospel projects. He wants you to help finance. That's why it says over in 2 Corinthians that he are furnished in abundance for every good work and charitable donation. He wants you to have more than enough to meet your needs and plenty left over. So when any kind of good work shows up in your path, that you've got money to put into it. You can't do that if you aren't blessed. You can't do that if you're so small-minded that all you can think about is, is just getting the next mortgage payment taken care of. Mm. Jesus used the phrase over in the New Testament a few times. He says, marvel not. Marvel not. 
Because he went on another place, he said, greater works than these shall you do. Listen, marveling at something is an indication of unbelief. Mm-hmm. When you go, wow, where was your faith in that project? You know, there's been times when, when, when we're believing God for something, and you just stay on it, you just stay on it, you just stay on it. You just thank God constantly. Thank you, Jesus, that it's done. Thank you, Lord, it's taken care of. And then when it really is done in the natural, and it's all taken, it's kind of like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, let's move on. It's not like we're up jumping up and down because we were expecting that all along. That's just the manifestation of what we were believing God for anyway. Okay, now let's move on to the next project. And that's the way we should be. We shouldn't be marveling at things. Marveling says you, your faith wasn't there. You don't marvel at something you were fully expecting to happen. Now, somebody says they're going to send me, you know, a check for $25,000 in the mail. You know, I don't marvel at it. If I, if I know them and I'm confident in their ability to send me $25,000 and I'm confident in their willingness to send me $25,000, when the check's a right, check arrives, I don't go, oh, look at that. Wow, it's $25,000. I go, okay, yeah, it's here. Let's go put it in the bank. Write the tithe on it. Let's go put it in the bank. Hallelujah. Listen, we need to get to a place where big things become regular, ordinary, commonplace, expected. Not just in your life, but in everybody's life who's around you. When it comes to being able to minister to people, we need to expect something out of the ordinary. All the time. It's only ordinary to me because I believe God for it all the time. Do you understand? It's only ordinary because I see it on a regular basis. Listen, Hebrews 6, verses, verse 4, Hebrews 6. Hallelujah. Verse 4 says, It is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift. I've got written in the margin here, fully partook of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come. See, what we do here is just a taste of things to come. It's just a taste of what God's got in store for us. The next world that you and I live in is going to be a place without any, any opposition, without any fear, without any health issues, without any financial issues. It's going to be a place full of wonderful and marvelous things. And he wants us to have a taste of those things now. He wants us to see that. We need to, we, need to, we need to get to the place where we expect these kind of things. Listen, you and I have heard stories of people dancing off the end of an altar. Brother Hagen tells us that story of the lady who did that. We, we've, we've seen things. I personally have seen things, you know, like people being struck dumb temporarily. I remember one time over one of the Holy Ghost meetings, Daryl Copes, y'all remember Darryl, Brother Daryl, you know, the bass player for Raymond Singers and Band? And he got so caught up in, in things, he couldn't talk, could not talk, could, couldn't speak, couldn't speak at all. 
And it, and it stayed that way. And after the service was over, he still couldn't talk. And, and time went on, and, and Dad Hagen had gone to the back room uh, to get some refreshments of some kind, and he still couldn't talk. And finally, Dad said to somebody, come here. And he said, hold out your hands. And he said, he t- placed his fingers on the, that person's hands. He said, now go, go touch Brother Daryl. And when they did, he, his tongue was loosed. He could talk again. Now, that's a sign and a wonder. Now, isn't it? We've heard about people who saw fire on the tops of buildings when there was no fire. We've, I've heard about people who have been translated. I don't know him personally, but a missionary was telling the story of a man who was actually translated into parts of Russia, into Siberia, and ministered to some people just like Philip in the book of Acts did. Well, that should become commonplace. There's no reason why it can't. Yeah, but you can't do that. Well, says who? Says who? That's not what God says. He didn't ask Philip, what do you think about this? If I, I'm going I'm to translate you from where you've been talking to him over here to, to this city. What do, you, what do you think about that? He didn't ask Philip. He just did it. But listen, this is gonna t- I suspect Philip was walking in a place, you know, where his faith took him there. And took him back to where he needed. We need to condition ourselves to experiencing unusual things. Condition ourselves. Hallelujah. Not, not just get out here and go, wow, whoa, whoa. Can you believe that? Yeah, exactly. I can believe that. If we, if we ever get to the place where we say, can you, can you believe that? What does that say about what we were expecting? What does that say? Listen, it can't be just accounts that we read in the Bible. And it can't be just experiences told to us by others. It has to be things that we see and personally experience. Things that we can testify of. Isn't that what Acts 26, 16 says? Of the things that I will yet show you? There's a lot of yet to be seen. There's a lot yet to be seen. Hallelujah. Go with me over to 1 Kings. Hallelujah. 1 Kings, 6th chapter. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, I'm sorry, 2 Kings. As soon as I got there, I knew that wasn't right. 2 Kings. Let's read this story. Hallelujah. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 1. And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee, it's too straight for us. It's too small. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take from, then, from thence every man a beam, and let us make a place there where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. And he went with them, and when they came to the Jordan, they cut down wood. And as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water, and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Listen, I've been around axes before, and I know that just a plain old ordinary axe head, you know, you stick it, you know, it's got an opening in it, and you stick a, you know, a piece of wood through there. But if that thing comes loose, you know, you've got to tamp that thing back into, into place. You know, what happens, you know, if you're doing this and it's gotten loose and you go like this and the thing suddenly goes, whoo! Well, that's what happened here. In verse 5, as one was felling a beam, the axe head fell into the water and he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. 
Well, now for most people, the fact that it was borrowed would go something like this. Hey, Joe, your axe fell in the water. I'm sorry. Sorry, guy. Didn't, you know, didn't mean for it to happen. You should have tightened it down a little bit more before I borrowed it from you. That's what most people would do. Uh-huh. That's not what happened here. Thank you, Jesus. And the man of God in, chapter, in verse 6 says, said, where did it fall? And he showed him the place. And he cut down a stick and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Listen, most people would have just said, ah, it's gone. It's gone. What can you do about that? But let me tell you what, there was a prophet standing by. There was a prophet standing by. And this man, this group of people that were here building this dwelling, were familiar with Elisha, were familiar with Elijah. They had seen, they were contemporaries of these two prophets. They had seen things like Naaman dipping into a river seven times and being healed as he came up. They knew about the widow's oil being multiplied. They knew about Elijah splitting the Jordan. They knew Elijah had called fire down from heaven. They knew Elijah had raised the widow's son. They knew Elijah had outrun the king's chariots. They knew the miracles that Elisha had performed. And so instead of just saying, well, you know, axe is gone, they looked to see what the man of God had to say. You know what? When things look bad, when things look hopeless, when things look lost, instead of just saying, well, it's done, it's over, that's it, what do you need to do? You need to say, Lord, what have you got to say about it? What have you got to say about it? You got something else you want to add to this? Yeah, okay. When, when Elijah said, cut me down a stick, the man didn't ask why. He just got the stick. You know, there's a... You know, when I was growing up, in fact, is I, I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you, I said the same thing to my kids, and I'm sure Pastor Greg has said the same things to his. When they ask, somebody would ask why as a child, I would say, just because I said so. And yet children seem to think they need an explanation. And too many child psychologists seem to think you need to get the child a full and complete answer so that they understand exactly what's happening. And I think that's foolishness. God doesn't expect you to ask him why when he tells you to do something. He just expects you to say, yes, sir, and go do it. And that's all, you, that's all we need to do. It's just to get ourselves out there and just say, okay, yeah. Mary gave the best answer, you know, to, to why the mystery of miracles when she was at that feast where the water was turned into wine. She looked at those servants. He said, whatever he says to you, do it. Just do it. Nike never got a hold of that phrase until they got to the Bible. Just do it. Just do it. And see, there's a God part and there's a man part. 
They had to go take those big water pots, which I think were about this tall. They had to literally carry them out to a well. They had to physically get water from the well and pour it into the pot. And then they had to take it back in there, and then God did his thing. Listen, there's always a man part, and there's always a God part. When God says, do this, you do your part, he'll do his part. It doesn't matter if you know this is God talking to you. It doesn't matter what he said do. If you know that's him talking, just do it. Just do it. And then God do his part. You won't see his part until you've done your part. Sometimes it's just believe, you know, speak it, confess it. That's all you got. There are times when there's a physical action that goes with it. Whatever he says to you, just do it. So anyway, we got a stick. The prophet takes the stick. Basically, he's wanting to know, okay, where'd the axe head go in? Well, it's over there. So he takes the stick. He tosses it in about where that axe head went down. And what happened? The axe head did swim. The iron did swim. It did not say it floated. It said it swam. There's a difference there. There's a difference. He brought it up, and he brought it to him. If you go down to verse 7, it says, Therefore said he, this is Elisha talking, Take it up. Take it up. And he put, that's the servant, he put out his hand and took it. Listen, that thing could have floated. It was way out there. Well, okay, now it's out there. What am I supposed to do now? You know, No, not only did he bring it to the surface, he brought it to the man. It said the iron did swim. Listen, you say, well, that's not possible. Iron is too heavy. It doesn't float. Well, listen, the guy who invented and who put the laws of gravity in motion can tweak it if he wants. He can do anything he wants to with the laws he's put in motion in this physical realm. The iron did Swim. Listen, Saul was on the road to Damascus. He has a, had his experience with God right there on the road to Damascus. And yet, the Lord said to him, go to the city and there will be told you what to do. I mean, for most of you, you'd stand there and go, yeah, but why can't you talk to me now? I'm right here. I mean, why do I have to go somewhere else? You know, Paul did exactly what he was told to do. I think somebody, if I was struck blind, I think I wouldn't argue with that. Mm-mm. Oh, you want me to go to the city? Sure. Just, you know, lead the way. Uh, yeah, I'll go. But God's not going to give us an explanation just to satisfy us. He's not going to give us that explanation. And honestly, we don't need to be concerned about what the laws of gravity or any other kind of physical laws are. If God says he'll do something, he'll do it. If God says he'll take care of it, he'll take care of it. His, his obedience to his direction should not require discussion, should not require explanation. Hallelujah. God is just in the, in the business of doing the impossible. Listen, we, we've got our part. Like I said before, he, we've got our part. God's got his part. And do you, do you think God cares more about an axe head than he cares for you? I mean, sometimes you'd be called a lughead, you know, but he still cares for you. So if he cares for an axe head, he can care for a lughead. 
But there's always that human involvement. You know, we just need to get to the place where we, are, we dare to ask, we dare to believe, we dare to obey, we dare to step out. That's all he's asking. Because I'm telling you what, it doesn't matter what, what things are in our lives that don't seem like it's possible. Doubt will cause things to sink and faith will cause them to float and swim. Hallelujah. No matter what the situation, no matter what the devil says, no matter what he says can't be done, that it can't happen, that it's not fixable, you can't have it, you can't do it. Listen, the iron did swim. Yeah, you can take him back to this Old Testament thing and say, yeah, but the iron did swim. You said it's not possible, but the iron did swim. Everything in nature says it's not possible, it can't happen, but the iron did swim. It did. You need to get to a place where you enlarge yourself. Hallelujah. Over in Isaiah 54, 2, it says, in fact, just, just go over there. You're not too far. Hallelujah. Isaiah. Isaiah 54. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Verse 2. Enlarge the place of your tent. See, I'm thinking that 2018 is a year of enlarging. It's a year of getting bigger and going beyond what you think is necessary. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Well, I really don't need that much. Yeah, but does God need you to have that much? Sometimes we limit God when we limit ourselves. He's wanting to use you for something bigger than you've been used for before, but he needs you to get into agreement with him. That's why you need to go back to places like this, and it says, enlarge the place of your tent. Let them stretch forth the curtains of your habitation. Spare not. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Get ready for something big. Get ready for something big. There's more out there, not just for you. He wants more for you, but it's not just for you. Hallelujah. There's more. There's, there's, there's things in people's lives. To, I'm, I'm telling you, the people who are sitting here tonight that God's got for you, oh, my goodness. There's so much more he has for you. Don't get stuck in a place where somebody says, ah, sorry, nah, it's over, can't help you. Don't let yourself get stuck there. Don't let yourself get cornered by the devil who says, mm -mm, not for you, not for you. No, 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 you made too many mistakes, too many things have happened, too much water under the bridge, it's over. Your time has come, your time has gone, you missed it. No, there's always another opportunity. And I'm telling you what, God's going to give us some opportunities to enlarge yourself. He's going to give us some opportunities. The Pastor Greg was talking about it on Sunday night to enlarge us as a body. I'll tell you what, it starts come Sunday morning. Brother Christopher is here, a man who walks in miracles in Africa and around the world is limited by our believing in the United States. Because we know so much, because we are so educated, because we are so tech savvy, because we're so aware of so many things. Listen, just believe God. 
Just believe that there are deaf ears that'll open. Believe that there are blind eyes that'll see. Believe that there are body parts that haven't worked in years that'll start functioning again exactly like they're supposed to. Dare to believe God. Why? Because the iron did swim. The iron did swim. He's the God of the impossible. He's the God who is more than enough. He's the God said that his son said, the works that I do, greater than these will you do. He wants you to take it. He wants you to bring people in here in a time when there's miracles available and so they can get a miracle. But what it requires of us as a body come Sunday morning and Sunday night is for us to get the people here and bring our faith with them. To bring our faith to the table. To bring our faith to the forefront. It's not up to somebody else's faith. Oh, let's go see what's going to happen. No, you need to come in expecting something to happen. Expecting God to put on a real performance here of what he can do and what he wants to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We're not going to limit God to our shallow thinking and our small asking. But that's up to you. As individuals, it's up to us to make that decision, not to limit God. Listen, there's so much. The potential in us is so great, so marvelous, so wonderful. God just wants us to tap into it. Tap into what he's already put on the inside of us. And, let, and just let it explode. Just let it go all over the place. Yeah. Just let people see it in us and around us, and through us, and in us. You know, just be carriers of that power. And so when the enemy comes at you, 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 got, you got things, you got verse, scripture and verse for him. Listen, there's a song we used to sing. I'm expecting a miracle today. Anybody remember it? Anything could happen. Anytime, anyway. God can do anything, and I believe he will, because I'm expecting a miracle. Hallelujah. Are you expecting? Can your expectors get bigger this year? Can you enlarge your thinking this year? Can you enlarge the tent so that you're capable of having more this year? Containing more so that you're able to give out. See, that's the beauty of the whole thing. The more you give out, the more God will put in. The more he puts in, the more you can give out. The more you give out, the more God can put in. That's the way this thing works. That's the way this thing, it's not just about you and your life. It's about your life as a witness and as a testimony to people that you come in contact with. And it's your ability to finance things like Brother Christopher going to all these nations of the world. The rest of our missionaries, any, anybody that put, God puts on your heart you know, to support in ways like that. He wants to use you. Can you imagine getting to heaven and somebody of a very foreign looking Face comes up to you and says, thank you. And you go, thank me? Yeah, because of you, I got to hear the gospel. Because of you. When did I do that? Because you gave to Brother Christopher's meeting. You gave into his ministry. Listen, there's going to be people that are added to your account that you will never meet until you get to heaven. But my, what a joyous reunion it'll be. 
But God wants us to use us in every way, every part of us. He wants us to be, to be testimonies. He wants us to be lights. He wants us to be beacons in this world. He wants us to enlarge ourselves and to enlarge our thinking and not stagger and, 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 and get tongue-tied over, you really, Lord, you want me to do what? You want me to do what? Listen, it starts with the small things. God's not asking you to start out with something huge thing. So let him, let him use you in the small things. Believe God for things. And then as you do, increase those things. Increase those things. Believe God for a cold today. You don't know what two years from now you may need to believe God for. And you will be practiced on it when you get to it. Believe God for the, for the light bill today. But it might be it might be believing God to, to finance a crusade in Africa the next two, two years from now. Who knows? He wants to start you out so that he can take you to a place that's bigger than anything that you've experienced before. Bigger than anything you've thought about before. Bigger than anything you've dared to even think. There's so many of you here tonight that I know God has put things in your heart. They're not too At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.